Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. The Bible reading today is from Galatians chapter 5 and verses 13 to 18. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So we continue in our series through the book of Galatians entitled Freedom in Jesus. And today we're looking at Galatians chapter 5 and verses 13 to 18, which is essentially all about how do we make ethical decisions. Uh, And this is a great little introduction into our new uh, mini-series that will be starting next week entitled Tough Topics, where we'll be looking at various ethical issues such as divorce and male headship, slavery, women in leadership, same-sex relationships, and so on. Uh, And so this is going to be a brilliant introduction into that. Uh, I wish I could say it was all pre-planned, it was my master plan, but it, but it wasn't, it was more of a coincident, or, or should I say a godsident, um, but nevertheless, how do we make ethical decisions? And Paul writes in verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. This echoes and recalls what he said in verse 1, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. This is a key verse in the book of Galatians. Uh, It's kind of a summary statement of the whole theme of the book. It's for freedom that Jesus has set you free. And within that context, it's very clear what Jesus has set you free from. He set you free from the law of Moses. That's the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments in the Old Testament. And Jesus has set you free from the condemnation of the law. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are forgiven. You are declared not guilty. And we set free from legalism. We don't have to obey the law in order to earn our salvation. And we set free from the authority of the law because it's no longer the law of Moses that leads us and directs us. We don't have to obey the law of Moses in order to live a life that is pleasing to God because if you're in Jesus, you're no longer under the law. Okay, so now you might be thinking, well, if we've been set free from the law of Moses then what do we use as a guide to to decide what is right and wrong? What do we use as a guide for making ethical decisions? And if we've been set free from the law of Moses, does that just mean we can do anything we want? Well, of course not. Paul writes at the end of verse 13, 
but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Okay, what does that mean? Well, flesh in this context, is not referring to your physical body. Flesh is referring to the corrupted human nature, which seems to be predisposed, pre-programmed, hardwired to selfishness, being greedy, and self-indulgence. And so indulging the flesh is merely giving in to all the cravings of the flesh, of your your corrupted human nature. It means merely doing whatever you want. So are we free? Does that mean mean that we can just do whatever we want? I mean, is it simply a choice between legalism, being a slave to the law, or lawlessness, being a slave to self, merely doing anything you want. Is that the only two choices? Well, Paul says no. There's a third way, and it's a way of the Spirit, and it leads to freedom. Paul says in verse 16, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's a promise. If you walk by the Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit and directed by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that enables us and empowers us to walk like Jesus and to live like Jesus. The Holy Spirit gives us everything we need. And Paul says in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you have the Holy Spirit, you're no longer under the law of Moses, under the condemnation or the authority of the law. Because it's not the law of Moses or any other commands in the Bible or any other moral code that leads us and guides us and directs our life. No, it's the Holy Spirit. The very presence and the power of God living within us that leads us and directs us. And so it's not about legalism. It's not about obeying rules. It's not about trying really, really hard. No, it's about being led by the Spirit, opening yourself up to the Spirit's leading. And the result of being led by the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 to 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such sins there is no law. You see, even though the the, the fruit of the Spirit doesn't come into our life by obeying the law, you see, it's not by trying really, really hard, by trying really, really hard to be joyful and patient. No, it's only when we're led by the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit that we produce the fruits of the Spirit. But even though we don't produce the fruits of the Spirit by obeying the law, There is no law against the fruit of the Spirit. There's no law against love and joy and peace. In fact, the fruit of the Spirit fulfills the very essence of the law of Moses. So Paul has a very very high confidence in the Spirit. Well, we could call this spirit-taught ethics. I mean, Paul has absolute confidence in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. 
He has way more confidence in the Spirit than we do. We often prefer legalism to freedom. You know, life is so much easier when you've just got, and more comfortable, when you just have a set of rules and a tick box. That's easy. Tom Wright, in his little commentary to the, uh, on the book of Galatians, shares this story about how these human right activists managed to set a whale free from an aquarium uh, somewhere on, on the Pacific coast of North America. Now, he doesn't state in his commentary whether they set the whale free by legal or illegal means. But what happened next was truly remarkable. The whale immediately swam out into the wide open ocean and started enjoying its freedom in the wide open sea. But after some time, the whale voluntarily returned to the aquarium returned back to captivity. It obviously decided that a life in captivity was a lot easier than fending for itself in the wide open ocean. It preferred slavery to freedom. And it was the same with the ancient Israelites. Remember when God set them free from Egypt? It wasn't long afterwards they started complaining and longing to go back to slavery. This freedom is hard work. It was so much easier when we were in slavery and we were just told what to do. And and Jesus has set us free from the law so that we can experience true freedom. But so often, we want to return to the law. We want to go back to legalism. We want to go back to slavery. Because life was so much easier then. This this has been led by by the Spirit, this freedom... It is hard work. We don't have nice, neat, concrete guidelines for ethics. You know, it was, it was so much easier when, when you know, we, we just had these rules and we just had to obey them or, or when the pastor would just tell us what to believe and what to do. That was so much easier. But, but this being led by the Spirit and being open to the Spirit, it, it's hard work. And we like clear-cut boundaries. We like things to be black or white. But when you've been led by the Spirit, suddenly the boundaries become a little blurry. And that makes us feel uncomfortable. But it's only, it's only when we are led by the Spirit, directed and empowered by the Spirit, that we will experience true freedom. Another reason why people feel a little bit uncomfortable with uh, spirit-taught ethics uh, and therefore will err on the side of legalism is because there's this potential endless subjectivity. You know, someone uh, people sometimes abuse their God-given freedom. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, the spirit uh, told me we need to do this. And then someone else will say, well, the spirit didn't tell me that. The Spirit, in fact, told me to do the exact opposite. And there's this potential for endless subjectivity. And of course, none of us are able to always be able to detect the the, the leading of the Holy Spirit perfectly. Sometimes we misunderstand. Sometimes 
we deliberately and selfishly misunderstand for all kinds of uh, motivations and reasons. And, And sometimes it's subconscious. We're not even consciously aware that we are deliberately and selfishly misunderstanding. Right? So does that mean we just have to revert back to legalism? Revert back to slavery? Or are there check, checks and balances? Well, of course, there are checks and balances, and Paul gives us the check and balance of the principle of love. The principle of love. And we read in, in verses 13 and 14, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be freed, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the f- flesh, Rather, serve one another humbly in love. In other words, walk by love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Paul says in verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Now that phrase, so I say, grammatically links walking by love with walking by the Spirit. It grammatically links them. They are the same thing. Walking by love is exactly the same as walking by the Spirit. Because God is love, and therefore God's Spirit is love, and therefore if you're walking by the Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit, you are led by love. They're exactly the same thing. What does this love look like? What does love look like? Well, Paul says in verse 13, serve one another humbly in love. Love isn't some warm, fuzzy feeling. Love expresses itself through humbly serving others. Treating others as though they are better than you even if they don't deserve it. The perfect picture of love is Jesus. Jesus humbled himself and served us and died for us. Even though we didn't deserve it, Jesus humbled himself and served us and died for us because he loves us. That is love. And so when you believe the Spirit is leading you to do something, when you you believe the Spirit is leading you to make an ethical decision, ask yourself, is this in line with love? Is this something that Jesus would do? Is this humbly serving others? And if it is, then you can be absolutely assured that it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, leading you. Now Paul says in verse 14, For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now some people said, wow, 
after Paul has been so negative about the law for the whole letter, now all of a sudden he's been positive. See, we do have to obey the law after all. Is that what Paul's saying? Is Paul saying we have to obey the law? Well, of course not. What Paul is saying is that if you follow the way of love, if you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct you and empower you and produce the fruits of the Spirit in your life, then you will fulfill the essence, the underlying principles of the whole, the entire law. You see, there's a difference between doing and fulfilling. Doing the law, it means that you actually have to obey every single command in the Bible. Paul is not saying that we have to obey every single command in the Bible. What he's saying that is, when you are directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit, you will fulfill the essence, the underlying principle of the entire law, which is... Love. By the way, if you actually try to obey every single command in the law, if you actually try to do the law, you will fail. You won't be able to do it. And as a result, you'll end up just feeling guilty and in despair, or you will start pretending. You'll start pretending that you're fulfilling the whole law. And you will become self-righteous and judgmental and you will start looking down at other people and that's the exact opposite to love. It's only, it's only when we are directed by the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to produce love in our life that we'll be able to truly love and fulfill the essence of the law which is love. But over here, Paul shows us that the Bible still has a role to play. The Bible still has a role to play if we realize that every command within the Bible is merely an expression of the ultimate principle, love your neighbor as yourself, within its cultural context. So, so when we are using the Bible to help us discern what the Spirit is saying, we need to realize, we need to understand how every Bible command is applying the principle of love your neighbor as yourself within its particular cultural context. And then we can use that as a guide to, to, to reapply that same principle within our cultural context. Okay, let me explain. I'll use two silly examples, but they make the point. Leviticus 19 and verse 9 says, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Okay, so if I was to obey the letter of that law, if I was to do that law, then in my vegetable garden, well, actually it's it's Victoria's vegetable garden, but in the vegetable garden that's in my house, I would leave the vegetables at the very edge. I would just leave them. 
I would be fulfilling, I would be doing the letter of that law. But I would not be fulfilling the essence. I would not be fulfilling the intention of that law, which is love your neighbor. I wouldn't be loving my neighbor. So what is the intention of that law? Well, to understand the intention of the law, we need to understand the cultural context. In those days, most people were farmers. And therefore, poor people used to hang out in the farms, hoping to find leftover food that hadn't been harvested. And so this command is all about loving the poor, leaving some food behind in the field so that poor people can help themselves. Loving your neighbor as yourself within that cultural context. And so the way we could reapply that and, and fulfill the essence of that command would be something like you know, setting up standing order or direct debit to, to a charity that works with, poor, with the poor. Or, or doing something else for the poor. Or whatever the Spirit is leading you to do. Another example in John chapter 3 and verse 14. Jesus says, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Now, if I was to obey the letter of that command, if I was to do that command, I would tell you all to take your shoes and socks off, and I would start washing your feet. But that would not be loving my neighbor. In fact, you would be highly embarrassed. I would be embarrassing you. I'd go right against the intention of that command. What was the intention of that command? Well, once again, we need to understand the cultural context. In those days, everybody walked, they didn't have motor cars, their roads were very dusty, they wore sandals, their feet were dirty. And so whenever they arrived at someone's house, a servant would wash their feet. It was an everyday, normal occurrence. The shocking thing over here is that it's Jesus, the leader, the master that is performing the role of a servant. And so... To, to, to apply the essence of that command would be for, for us to, to love our neighbor by doing practical, everyday tasks that a servant would normally do, like maybe cleaning the floor, wash doing the dishes, cleaning the toilet, or whatever the Spirit is leading you to do. Does that make sense? It's not as easy as legalism. Legalism is quite clear. You've got your rules and you just got to do them. This, you have to be, be open to the Spirit's leading. You have to be guided by the principle of love. You have to try and detect and understand the underlying principle of the commands in the Bible. It's not easy. But it leads to true freedom and genuine and authentic love. I used to have a, a more of a relationship to my Bible than I did with God. It was kind of like this straight line. You had God at the top, the Bible in the middle, and I was at the bottom. And God, of course, inspired the Bible, 
but I had no access to God. I only had access to the Bible, and so I just had a relationship with the Bible. And in some ways, it was almost as if the Bible had become my God. But now I have a far more dynamic relationship with both God and the Bible. God is is more like a triangle. God is at the top. And on the one side, you have the Bible, which God inspired. And on the other side, you have me. In fact, not just me. We have a whole community of Jesus followers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And, And we relate have direct access to God. We relate to God directly by the Holy Spirit. And God speaks to us by His Holy Spirit, and He leads us by His Holy Spirit. And we have direct access to the Bible, which God inspired by His Holy Spirit, which is the same Holy Spirit that's living in me. And so it's when we've been led by the Spirit... We can have dialogue with the Bible as a check and balance to ensure that it is the Spirit's leading. And that leads to freedom and genuine, authentic love. This this whole triangle approach, this uh, Spirit-taught ethics in dialogue with the Bible is actually very well summarized and represented in the the Baptist Union's Declaration of Principle. In the first paragraph, it says that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, is the sole and absolute authority in all matters pertaining to faith and practice. That means Jesus, God, is at the top of the triangle. As revealed in the Holy Scriptures, you've got the Bible on the one side of the, the triangle, and that each church has liberty under the guidance of this Holy Spirit to interpret and administer His laws. And so on the other side of the triangle, you have the whole community of Jesus' followers who are filled by the Holy Spirit, the church. And we have the privilege and the responsibility to grapple with the meaning of the text under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you see that triangle? Now, I didn't become a Baptist because I checked out every single church's uh, statement of faith and came to the conclusion that the Baptist is the best. No, I I just started going to a Baptist church because the local Baptist church was very active, very lively, and had a great youth ministry. But if I was to check out all the church's statement of faith, I don't think I'll be able to find one better than the Baptists. I mean, first of all, there are only three paragraphs. (laughs) And the second paragraph is that we believe that uh, you only should baptize believers, people who put their faith in Jesus, and you baptize them by full immersion. And the third paragraph says that it's everyone's responsibility to share the good news of Jesus. I mean, how cool is that? So love God and let him lead you. Tell everybody else about the love of God and then baptize them. What's wrong with that? (laughs) So... How do we make ethical decisions? We make ethical decisions together in community, relying on the Spirit's leading, following the principle of love, and in dialogue with the underlying principles of the Bible. That's how we make ethical decisions. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the words that we read in, in, in Paul's letter to the Galatians and how inspiring they are and how relevant they are, but also how challenging they are. Father, we confess so often we, we like that whale. We just want to return back into captivity where it's a lot more comfortable, a lot more safe. We know exactly where we stand. And sometimes being led by the Holy Spirit is, it, it, is uncomfortable because you take us to places that we're not used to. You take us out of our comfort zone. But Father, help us to trust you. Help us to put our faith in you and to follow your Spirit's leading, even if it makes us uncomfortable because That is where true freedom is. That is where true love is, authentic, genuine love. Father, forgive us so often when we've slipped back into legalism, into self-righteousness. And Father, we pray that by your Spirit you would lead us forward into freedom, true freedom. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.